Welcome to Jefferson. Or, uh, welcome to high school basketball today, presented by Jefferson County Realty of Fairfield, Iowa, as they present the Fairfield Trojans. And uh, we've got uh, Nathan Piercy of KMCD, the voice of the Trojans, to uh, kind of break down the first half of the season. Welcome to the program, Nathan. Hey, thanks for having me. <laughs> well, how many games have they played all together? Some teams aren't quite halfway there, and some teams are already there. Uh, they have played eight so far. Eight. Well, they're they're getting close, a little over a third of the way through the season. Yeah. But uh, you've had some ups and downs. You've uh, won some games uh, uh, late, and you've lost some games late. And uh, uh, you got a pretty decent conference record. You're in the Southeastern Conference that is uh, uh, the wildest of the Wild West. Uh, <laughs> uh, but uh, uh, anyway... Uh, Talk to us about, let's go over the, the, the team record and kind of go through the games and, and where they played well and maybe where they came up a little short. Yeah, so they've played, like I mentioned, they've played uh, seven or eight games here. They've, they've won three. They're three and four, so they've played seven. Uh, you, you know, started off the year, that big win over Oskaloosa where J.J. Lane hit a last-second shot uh, to win it. Followed up with a tough loss to Washington where at one point the Trojans were up I believe by 13, but ended up losing that one. Uh, and the very next, you know, I, I think it kind of spiraled because the very next day they had to play at the uh, at Indian Hills to uh, to face off against the Tumla. I just don't think they were mentally ready for that following that tough loss with Washington. Uh, following that game, they went down to the Fort Madison, got a good win over the uh, Bloodhounds there. Uh, and then the next or later on the, that week, they ended up losing to Pella. And that game came down. It was a it was a back and forth type of game, uh, I believe. Actually, I think Pella was up pretty big at halftime, and the Trojans were able to come back. Just could not quite mount that comeback as they end up losing fifty nine or fifty two to forty nine. It's another close game there for you. Uh, the Burlington game, I, I missed that one because I was calling the girls' side. Uh, but the boys' game, they lost by nine, so another battle there. And Burlington came out of the the. I do remember this, that the Burlington came out of the halftime really ready to go as they held Fairfield to just three points in that third quarter while Burlington put up 13. That was really the deciding factor in that one. But what did a break on a high note in that holiday break is they won over Keokuk. Uh, the score was 62-56, but it should not have been that close as Fairfield was in control for the first half, went into halftime up by 20. Uh, but Kia Cucks kind of started out to come back and really did in the fourth quarter, but just kind of ran out of time as uh, Fairfield won 62-56. And so they've had a pretty good stretch of games and kind of gone back and forth at times. But uh, if they can string some things together, and, you know, you and I have talked about this earlier on in the year, this Southeastern Conference, it's, it's anyone's up, for, you know, anyone can win it. There is no way you can tell right now who who even has – a slight edge in the in the conference title because it's anybody's right now. Well, you guys are two and two. Mount Pleasant's three and one. Burlington's three and one. Washington's three and one in the in the conference anyway. Uh, uh, Mount Pleasant beats Washington. Uh, Burlington beats Mount Pleasant, uh, and on and on it goes around and round. Uh, so you guys are just one game out of it. Uh, but let's go over the statistics of the team. The you know, Max Wheaton's and, and J.J. Lane's, everybody hears about them. But let's kind of go over what they're doing and, and some of the people that are 
uh, out there supporting them, maybe some players that are improving, and then we'll talk about some of the defense too. Yeah, so, you know, this team, obviously, you know, we talk about him all the time, but Max Wheaton's leading the way. He's averaging over a double-double as he has 131 points and 90 rebounds in seven games. I, I, you know, I, I feel like I say this all the time when I talk about him in any sport, but he, man, is he impressive to watch uh, as an athlete. He, he does a great thing down low, and, and uh, you know, I believe I talked to you about it after the Fort Madison game. Uh, listen to this stat line from the Fort Madison game. He had 19 points, 18 rebounds, and he plays, he plays center, so he plays, you know, in, in that paint. He had zero fouls in that game, so he's a very uh, disciplined guy. He's he's impressive, and he leads the Trojans there. Uh, next in scoring is JJ Lane. He has missed a few games. I know he had some personal reasons uh, that he missed, but uh, he did play uh, to end the break with Kia Cuck, and I believe he's just, he, he everything's good to go. He's back. He's got 83 points so far in the year uh, with 15 assists. He's shooting 43% from the field and uh, 7 of 25 from beyond the arc. And then Tate Allen is actually the assist leader. He's got 21 along with 53 points. And then uh, Sam Wheaton following up with 43. Sam's a junior. And then Ryan Higgins, the senior, uh, he's gotten a pretty much every start with with 27 points. He's good. He does, He's not the tallest guy there in Ryan Higgins. Uh, but he he's not afraid to go up and get those boards. He is second on the team with 35. Um, Cooper Plonsky is a is a junior, but hasn't really played much. Cooper Plonsky and Riley Perkins are are the two guys that oftentimes come off the bench pretty early in games. They have, I believe, little to no varsity experience going into this year, and they've played really well. Uh, both guys have have earned a few starts here and there, so. They've been impressive, and it's nice to see senior Isaac Harris, who's come off the bench a few times. He's dealt with injury problems over the last couple of years, missed the uh, the end of the football season with a with an injured hand, missed all of uh, his junior year in basketball and football due to a shoulder injury. So it's nice to see him be able to come in and contribute as well. Who's the youngest player on the team that's seeing any action? Uh. A young player that's seen the most is is Riley Perkins. He's a he's a sophomore. He he has started three games, played in six of the seven, and uh, has really been impressive. In, you know, in those six games, he's got twenty points and twelve rebounds, and he 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 he's got a good shot from three. Uh, he, he's five and fourteen from beyond the arc. He's got a really high arcing shot, uh, but but does play well and has earned himself more time as the season's gone on. And he really started that in the Washington game. Well, uh, tell me about who's getting some rebounds, who's getting some steals, making their presence known on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah, uh, you know, again, it starts with Max Wheaton. You know, he's got 59 defensive rebounds to lead the way, 11 steals to lead the way, and 10 blocks to lead the way. Uh, so he, he does a lot of that as well. When you look at the steals, Tate Allen does a really nice job as well. And I really noticed that against Keokuk. There was a couple times that, that uh, the Chiefs would be casually dribbling and not really paying attention. And he tried to capitalize on it, did it quite a few times. Uh, J.J. Lane's pretty good at that too. You know, missing a couple games, he still has four uh, four steals. And Ryan, H- Ryan Higgins has five. He's a guy that um, is a little sneaky on the inside and, and can slip into, um, you know, unnoticeable areas. So, he does a nice job on the steals as well. And overall, this team, 
as as they've gotten healthier throughout the year, they're getting they're getting more aggressive on the defensive side, and it's really helping it's it's really helping them out here. Well, uh, let's just talk about Max Wheaton. Uh, you know, we hear a lot about JJ Lane too, and some of the other players, but uh, you know, I've been as I talk to the coaches in Fort Madison and Burlington and Mount Pleasant, and uh, uh, everybody always talks about Max Wheaton and. Uh, I have thought that he'd really taken his game into overdrive this year. Uh, I feel like he's a, he's much improved over last year, where he was a very good player last year, but this year he's kind of a great player. So uh, tell us about him and his ability, and uh, uh, where do you see him? Where do you think he's going to go with his college uh, selections? You know, I that I have absolutely no idea. I know he's got a, quite a bit. Uh, quite a bit of choices when it comes to football. And I believe that's the route he wants to take Um, in terms of just what he does on the court. I mean, he's averaging nearly 19 points a game as a big man inside. And oftentimes that's just the fact that, you know, when, when he, he'll, he's not afraid to try to take the game into his hands. And oftentimes when he does, it ends up paying off pretty well. Uh, You know, I talked about earlier on in the season, how they needed to find some of that depth scoring because it was him and J.J. Lane doing it all for the first couple. And since then, they've gotten better at it. But when they start having guys like Tate Allen, Sam Wheaton, uh, even a Cooper Plonsky or Ryan Higgins off the bench uh, that are that are scoring and able to score and, you know, maybe calling out the shooters a little bit, then they have to go out beyond the arc a little bit more or, you know, toward that three-point line to defend from range. And that opens up him up inside. So, uh, Max Wheaton, he does. He's he goes up and grabs rebounds like it's nothing. Granted, that helps when you're six foot five or whatever he is. Um, and it, it it also helps too whenever you know he he's he's got the tenacity that you need to play inside like that. Along with the fact that when you have the team around you that that can get you the ball or take the pressure off you a little bit, then it 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 opens him up and and. You know, Coach McFlattery has been doing this for a long time. He, what he's got there in Wheaton, and they they have figured out how to use him very effectively. And you know, like you mentioned, he's he's kind of taken his game up a little bit, and uh, it's it's not only helped him, but it's helped this team. Well, uh, let's talk about uh, the the second half, or I guess you've got two thirds of the season uh, in in front of you. But you got a game tonight. Let's start there. You, Centerville's coming to town. Uh, you're one with just a handful of uh, uh, local teams that are, are getting back into action tonight. Yeah, they've got they've got Centerville, who's a struggling team right now, and and you know just hasn't quite been able to figure it out for the most part. But uh, you know, at the same time, when you look at at, at any game, and, you know, I think any coach will tell you this as well. You can't. You can't look at an opponent's record and say, hey, we've got this or, hey, we don't, because you just never know what's going to happen. So, uh, yeah, the Centerville team, they're struggling this year. Only one, only have won one game. That was the Davis County game. Um, and since then, they've been, they've been taking losses. But they're they're uh, they're going to be a tough team. They always, you know, it's it's one of those where you, you have to play the game because you never know what's going to happen. And uh, it'll be interesting to see what, what the Trojans do coming out of break and and the fact that one of their biggest issues so far at the beginning of this year has been health. And I know that was Coach Flattery's biggest concern coming out of break. So as long as they can be healthy, the Trojans are, I think they've got, they can handle this one. 
Uh, the one other thing I'm worried about is that they also have Washington on Friday. And you got to worry that they may be overlooking this one a little bit, trying to look ahead to Washington. Yeah, that that uh, uh, is something you can't do. Because literally, if they can just get this uh, uh, win against a, a Centerville team that's kind of down, uh, uh, they'd be right back at 500, wouldn't they? Yeah, they would. They, that would put them at 4-4 four and four on the year. And, uh, again, going into a, a game. And, and it's good to have that momentum of a win before going into, you know, a game with a very good Washington team. And then following that, you've got a Mount Pleasant team. I mean, so they've got, following the Centerville game, they have two conference games back-to-back. So you you don't want to overlook that, but at the same time, you need to make sure, you know, you you need to be ready for Washington. And, you know, who knows, maybe Coach Flattery tries to rest guys a little bit more in the Centerville game if if they get up for a bit, just so that they are able – to have guys more rested and, and don't get injured when it comes to having a couple conference games coming up. Well, uh, let's talk about some of the games in the second half. You got scheduled or circled as maybe some uh, tough games or just kind of go over some of the schedule that we've got coming up and talk about some yep. of the opportunities to, to see and follow the Fairfield Church. Yeah, so, uh, you know, we talked about this conference being very tough. They've got six conference games coming up in the second part of the season. Uh, like I mentioned, Washington on Friday. Then that following Tuesday, I want to say I'm, you know, not, I'm not good with, or that might be that following Friday is Mount Pleasant. Now that I think about it, uh, but the, yeah, that's that following Friday at Mount Pleasant. Then the next day they go up to uh, Iowa City Liberty, or excuse me, the Co College to face off against Iowa City Liberty. Then it's another conference matchup. They go down to Burlington on Friday the twentieth. Then they've got Iowa City High. Then another conference matchup with Fort Madison. Um, you know, Albion after that, then Keokuk, West Burlington, Mid Prairie, another matchup with Mount Pleasant. That one will actually close out the conference title or the conference play. So who knows what kind of implications that will have in uh, February. That's on Friday, February 10th. And then they round up the season the following week with Clear Creek and Mana, who knocked them out of the playoffs last year and end things with Knoxville. Yeah, that's a, a lot of exciting action coming up. Well, Let's talk about Fairfield, or let's talk about Mount Pleasant, Burlington, and Washington. Uh, which one do you think is the most winnable against? And uh, you're going to need to bump uh, uh, a couple of these off to uh, kind of position yourself to uh, take a step forward here. Uh, uh, which one of those three teams do you think is the is the one you feel like you could beat them? That's that's honestly a tough question. You know, we've already lost to Burlington and uh, Washington. Haven't placed Mount Pleasant yet, but I know they are much better than what they were last year. I've seen that, uh, you know, throughout the year so far. If I had to fix one, though, and go, hey, we could probably beat them, it still is. You know, if I, if I, I believe the Trojans can beat any one of these teams. Um, you know, I, I think any of these teams in the conference can get a conference win over anybody at any given time. But I would pick one that, that felt almost like a shoe-in. It would probably be that Mount Pleasant team. Uh, I, I know they've, they've, they've gotten better a lot, but at the same time, uh, Fairfield's had their number recently. And so that, they, you know, you could use that in your, into uh, the advantage. Plus, uh, when you look at the schedule and the way it kind of maps out, if, if they get the win – over Washington, they'll be riding high going into Mount Pleasant. And then when you look at when, when they play Mount Pleasant later on, they've got Mid Prairie before that, which is a, a pretty winnable game. 
so if they can kind of ride that high a little bit as well, they could be running uh, some pretty good momentum into both Mount Pleasant games. Well, uh, you got to see uh, Fairfield play Burlington, and you I thought you played them very well. Uh, but they got a star player, uh, as you guys have Max Wheaton. They got Marquise the Freak Lewis. Uh, <laughs> what do you What do you think about that kid? Yeah, he's a, he's a special talent, um, you know, and unfortunately actually didn't get to see him. I, I called the girls game that night. Oh, that's right. You weren't. <laughs> well, but, I, I, I mean, yeah, no worries. But, um, you know, from what I've heard, he is a very special, he's a special talent. Um, and, you know, one, one thing that, that I mentioned, too, in that game is the fact that if you look at the way they're coached, I mean, defensively in that in the third quarter, they held, they held Fairfield to only – three points so they've got a lot of things going right but when you look at lewis i mean he's shooting nearly 60 percent it's in every in almost every category well uh i guess i only uh uh if it takes three stupid questions to strike out i only ask two uh (laughs) no it's fine so uh, but uh, it's been a, a, a great talking to you. Is there anything else you wanted to say about the Trojans' uh, season so far or some of this uh, upcoming games and how they can follow the team through your uh, radio station? Yeah, so, you know, I, I know we've talked about it all year, but I think it's worth mentioning again. If you see a Southeastern Conference matchup happening in Southeast Iowa, doesn't matter who the matchup is with, uh, you know, Fairfield, Burlington, Washington, Mount Pleasant, Fort Madison, or Keokuk, it's going to be an exciting basketball game. If you if you've got the chance, go. You'll get to see some fun high school basketball. Some great atmospheres too. Uh, I, I know every one of those teams at their home courts, they get a great atmosphere going. So uh, if you know if any listeners out there, you know want to have the chance to go, I definitely suggest doing it. If you want to listen to my broadcast, uh, which my next one. The Fairfield girls play Van Buren County tomorrow. And then I've got the boy-girl doubleheader as Fairfield travels to Washington this Friday. You can stream that at ExploreSEIowa.com. Our stream was down, but it's back. Again, that's ExploreSEIowa.com. And there's a listen tab. You can click on it. Or on the radio at 95.9 Classic 96. Um, On our website as well, we've got the schedule for our broadcasting. You can see when I'm broadcasting them. But... Again, a lot of exciting high school basketball going on here in Southeast Iowa. Well, I like to say, no matter where you live in Southeast Iowa, you're never more than 15 minutes or 15 uh, miles away from an excellent basketball game. Am I right? Exactly. Yep. Well, thanks, Nathan, for being with us. And uh, thanks for your report on the Fairfield Trojans. And we also want to thank Smith, or uh, we want to thank, uh, well, Smith Bergato also for his, because they, uh, they help provide some coverage of the Fairfield Trojans. Thanks for being with us, man. Right. Hey, thank you.